all the way from beautiful Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, by way of Sacramento, California, this is Kings in the North Podcast. And now, the starting two for your listening pleasure. Standing six feet four inches tall at a Jesuit high school, the half-Greek freak, Nick Economy. And standing six feet tall out of McClatchy High School, Big Baller Ben. Kings of the North Podcast is sponsored by Cash Considerations. For donations, hit up our Patreon. Welcome back to the Sat Kings in the North Podcast. If you're liking what you're listening to and you've been following along, recommend us to a friend and give us a like and a review on Apple Podcasts. Uh, this week, we had a couple of big games down to the wire and uh, one game that was just disappointing all around. So you want to just get right into it? Uh, yeah, sounds good. So um, the first game on slate in the week in review is against the Portland Trailblazers. This was a game that the Kings would not let uh, slip through their fingers, as uh, we've seen previously. As the, much as they wanted to. Yeah. Um, this was a, I would say, the, the crux of this win was a really solid second quarter performance. Uh, we outscored Portland by 13. And from there, we really kind of held held uh, Dame Dolan check and kind of, I wouldn't say coasted, because it's never, Cardiac Kings never coast to a win, but th- I would say um, this was a... They, they kind of just rode, a, rode the momentum. Yeah, rode the tide. Yeah, exactly. Roll tide. <laughs> sure. If you want to uh, take a deep deeper dive into this one, um, we had six players in double figures. Uh, led by, let's call him uh, Mr. January, Buddy Love, uh, with and Mr. Twenty Nineteen. Yeah, it's uh, with twenty. Uh, sorry, with nineteen points. Um, a big eighteen on eight of ten shooting from Bogey, and a solid sixteen from D Fox. Uh, wasn't you know that great from the field, but what really helped his game was shooting ninety percent. That is 9 of 10 from the free throw stripe. That's an area of his game that seems to be steadily improving um, week in and week out. Yeah, I mean, it was a weird game. Kind of the most impactful player for the Blazers not named Dame Dalla was this guy Layman, <laughs> who in Layman's terms is just a new guy that no one hadn't heard of. I think his first name is Josh. But, uh... Yeah, it was a really, really weird game. CJ McCollum was... It's actually Jake. Oh, Jake Lehman. Even worse. Uh, CJ McCollum was still, like, just a non-factor. And, you know, outside of just a couple guys, the, the Blazers really didn't have anything going, which was great to see the defense step up for the Kings. Yeah, for those of you um, who, you know... Give two hoots. Jake Lehman is a uh, third-year player out of <laughs> University of Maryland. So, shout out to the Terps. Not even UMBC. Yeah. The one that everybody loves. Um, and there you go. So, all right. Back to um, the scores. A pretty, I would say, this is uh, following the trend of pretty solid performances by Willie Cauley-Stein. Mm-hmm. Had that positive plus-minus, which, you know, everyone's looking for. You uh, know, had 12 points, and again, shot uh, pretty well from the, the free-throw line. Uh, the thing I would like to see more 
more out of Willie is I, I wouldn't I don't know if it's body control but just a, a better presence in the air I think the dude is I mean obviously extremely athletic and works really well with you know the pace of play kind of style of the league but it always seems like you know he's like one little rotation away from just cracking his head open falling um when he's catching a lob and it always seems to you know not i wouldn't say ruin a real great fast break opportunity but this is another scenario it happened in the previous portland game where yusuf nurkic kind of just dominates him physically mm-hmm. um that didn't necessarily happen too often at least not like the previous game where nurkic had you know like career night do only had six points but I think on the defensive end, that was a, a tough one for Willie Trill. And I'll take 12 points out of him any day. Um, another another, oh, well, another another big performer. Yeah. We're both of our huge, rookies this year. Huge performer. Both uh, Harry Giles and Marvin Bagley put up a combined 25. Both were over, over 10 points in the double figures. Mm-hmm. And uh, Harry Giles has really proven in the last, what, like half month? I would, yeah, I'd say the calendar... Since, yeah, since the turn of the new year. Turn that, of the century. Yeah. That he's he's become this guy that can be relied on off the bench to get you a couple buckets, to, to play some really good D, and to, to facilitate the offense. Yes, yeah, another, just another person to spread the floor, to work, work the offense through. Yeah, great passer, which, I mean, was mentioned a few times last year, but really wasn't seen to be believed until recently. The other thing that's really interesting about... Giving them working through Bagley and then Giles is you can see. Well, I'll mention this a little later in the Detroit game, but you can see how the year, or this at least this is my personal opinion, mm-hmm. the year that Giles took, you know, soaking in all the NBA knowledge, we'll call it, has really helped the when when the offense run runs through him. It's it's really I think his patience is. A lot is it a, a higher clip mm-hmm. than Marvin Bagley? I think Marvin rushes almost everything, especially if he doesn't have the, his go tos. Like he tries to force his way to if he's that left hand exactly. If he's not at his spot, mm-hmm. it's you know it's basically over. Yeah, and you know barring some sort of crazy Athletic miracle, cr- exactly. You know the second jump, blah blah blah. But I think with Harry Giles is. Yeah, he's making a decent amount of rookie mistakes, which, you know, that's comes with the territory of being a Ben Simmons rookie. But I think, like I said, the year that, you know, he took the red shirt year, if you want to call it that too, has really helped his development, has also really helped um, his confidence, I think. When he gets the ball, it's not a rushed possession. He's looking to move the ball. I think that's definitely going to come... Um, a little later with Marvin Bagley, you know, it, it's like they say with college basketball at this point in the season, you know, no one's a freshman at mm-hmm. this point in the season. Are they really rookies? Um, I think the biggest thing to look out for with the rookies in regards to that is that rookie wall. Um, maybe less so for Giles, but even for him, the traveling and the the amount of games is more than he's ever played in a professional year. Same with Bagley, obviously. And so you start seeing people drop off around that 50, 55, 60 game mark. 
So that's something to, to watch for. Hopefully doesn't ever happen. Unless you're Luca. Yeah, or apparently Jason Tatum, who got better. So uh, let's uh, let's move on to a real disappointing game in Charlotte. Yeah. Um, real stinker. Yeah, they had a couple. The guys had a couple days off to travel in between. Uh, you know, go release that rap album like uh, Shump did. Go check it out, Amon Dot, on uh, on all your platforms. So, uh, yeah, had a couple days. Do you think they just it just got away from them, or do you think it was the traveling? Yeah, no, I think I think it kind of just you know got away from them. They, they. I think they underestimated the role that uh, Tony Parker plays for this team coming off the bench. Obviously, you know. They, the Hornets were without him in the meeting in Sacramento. I think this was also one of those uh, type of games where, kind of like in the uh, the NFL playoffs, where you get the first round by, you come out, and you stink it up. I think that's kind of what happened with all these days off. Um, I think a lot of the players, like I said, they were looking at the team in Charlotte, and they just said, all we have to do is contain Kemba Walker and... For the most part, um, you know, they kind of did that. He he had 35 in the previous meeting a week ago, only had 23 points, and, you know, shot, I wouldn't say terribly, but 9 for 21 isn't something to write home about. I think for the Kings, only having four players in double figures, you know, really didn't get the job done. We were mm-hmm. led uh, with uh, by Buddy with 24 Shot 50% from the field and over 50% from three. So, I think, yeah, we can all say that this guy's going to win the three-point contest. Um, that's a lock. I think the one thing that I that was really frustrating about this game was, and I sing this man's praises week in and week out, but, you know, at some point, you need to play defense. And I yeah. think Bogdan was very lackadaisical on the defensive end. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of, un, I wouldn't I don't know, unnecessary fouls, but in the sense that you just keep the man in front of you off the ball. Like, it's not, I don't know, it's not rocket science sometimes. And it's, it, yeah, it's, you know, if we're in the bonus, these fouls really don't need to happen. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to steal a little t- idea I've heard a lot from my good friend Bill Simmons. Uh so, basketball is a four-quarter game. Everyone knows that. And it's really tough to play 48 minutes. Any team can't – most teams can't play 48 good minutes. But if you play 45-44, you're usually going to come out of there with a win. And I think that's a big problem that the Kings have is they're often dropping a whole quarter or even yeah up to a half and digging themselves into these huge deficits like here when they – they just let Charlotte score 43 in the second quarter. Didn't get a single stop. Um, it's it's times like those where it's really frustrating as a fan and as somebody who closely follows the team because it's just it's just you know they're just, they're not coming back. You yeah. know it's basically over. Yeah. So this was also kind of a frustrating one because after in the you know early in the season you see how much of an improved. Uh, shot De'Aaron Fox has and it's I wouldn't say it's regressed but he's definitely in a slump right now and you could tell that there was a couple instances where he didn't want to take an open shot 
that would have, you know, propelled some sort of run. He was 0 for 2 from 3, and, and there were there were a couple instances late in the game where, you know, just just let it rip. I get it that, you know, Buddy had the hot hand from 3, you want to get him the ball, but I don't know. There's some point where you are the guy, you are the point guard, you're the playmaker, you're the franchise. Go get us a bucket. I guess um, yeah. I'm not really calling him out more than that. I'm just saying you don't have to be in your own head. You're you're a proven player. Get to the bat. You know I don't know. Get to- I mean, especially in the case where this this team doesn't really have a great defensive point guard at all. Doesn't have a really great defense at all. Just get get us a bucket sometimes and keep some momentum moving. Yeah. Um, like I said, this this game uh, really turned with the the entrance of Tony Parker. Um, dude had 14 points, a positive of uh, a positive plus minus of plus 12, and had a big six assists actually, and I believe five of those all came in the second quarter. This was yeah, another he had a bunch of effort plays yeah. too, and that's what really swung it. I think. Yeah, and his um, his one offensive rebound was really crushed me because it led directly to a Charlotte three, and that kind of I wouldn't say that that kicked off the 43-point quarter, but that was a, you know, that was three of the 43 for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think this was another one where this was a game of the turnover, just like the previous game. Yeah. Uh, Charlotte had 13. You know, not terrible. Kings had 17. Kind of just like the previous game. Both teams were over 20, which is garbage. Yeah, I mean, even just in that first quarter, I think the Kings had five or six turnovers. They... They turned the ball over from Charlotte five or six times. They they got it. But they couldn't score on the fast break. They couldn't run the floor and do what they do best. Yeah, I think we had four fast break points at half. Yeah, so definitely not something um, is very normal. Right right here, it says the Kings had seven fast break points for the games. Oh, sorry. F- seven fast break points, but 24 points off turnovers. Even though there were 13 turnovers. So, you know, not, not the most normal game for the Kings. Uh you know, liking to run in transition and only scoring seven points in fast break doesn't bode well for this team. So. Yeah, the other thing is if we're only going to if we're going to score under 100, it's a I'm going to it's a guaranteed loss. Yeah. Oh, in in the modern NBA, easily. Yeah. Um just got give a little shout out. 15 points for Marvin Bagley. Um had a terrible plus minus, but who not knows? a good game on the defensive end, but offensively, yeah, got getting it done when a lot of players couldn't. Yeah, fifteen and eight, I'll take it any night. Um, maybe just keep keep your man uh, in front of you. Yeah, a little bit more. Anyway, let's uh, let's move on to Motor City, the Motor City Miracle. Yeah, to uh, the empty empty stadium miracle. Yeah. That is Little Caesars Arena. Yeah. The pizzas are $5.99. The tickets are also $5.99. Yeah. Uh, tickets for this game were literally $6 30 minutes before the tip. So, you know, uh, if you're in uh, Wayne County, or, go show up. Or if you're in London, fly in town for the day. Yeah. There was a lot of uh, a lot of international support for the old Sack Kings. Shout out to NBA 3.0. Um, that, you know, we were getting the... Getting the the international plug, um, and yeah, a lot of fan support. Um, we had four players in double figures, which doesn't normally uh, bode pretty well. But this was a, a f- strange game. 
for a couple reasons. Like Grant Napier said, the uh, the the what's the word? Omnipotent, omniscient. Who knows? Omnipotent. Uh, who knows? Who cares? Um, basically said the Kings don't deserve to win this game, but I think we're going to steal this one. And then after we won the game, said the Kings didn't deserve to win this game, but we stole this one. So he, you know, sometimes he knows what he's talking about. I think the, this, like I said, this game was interesting because we had no answer for Blake Griffin. The only person who could stop him was kind of himself. Yeah. Um, which he did. Down yeah. The stretch. Worked his way into foul trouble and he finished with 38. Didn't even get to 40. Did, yeah. Which it looked like he was almost going to get to 50. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Yeah. So that was, uh, I would say, a good second half performance from the Kings for sure. We only gave up 25 in the third, and we only gave up 19 in the fourth. I think anytime that you hold a team to under 40 points, or what, no, under 50 points and a half, you're going to win. Unless it's like the Warriors and they go for 81 in the first half. So. Eighty-one uh, in the first quarter. Uh, yeah, that's I, coming soon. Dude, I think it's a TV uh, screen near you. I think I think this was a great performance defensively for sure. Um, Would have been nice to keep him under a hundred. You can't really complain. You can't complain with that buzzer beater. Yeah. So this was a uh, thirty-five point night for Buddy Heald, which was uh, two points off of his career high. Buddy scored uh, thirty-seven in a blowout loss to the Oklahoma City Thunder. Earlier this season, a game that we were both uh, at, sitting. I mean, very we were, close. We were present, but I don't know if we were present exactly. So uh, it was a it was a good one, but anyway, yeah. So this was uh, a spectacular shooting performance for Buddy Love. Actually, set a personal record for field goals made. He was thirteen for twenty two, a huge seven for nine from three, which brings me to this. Uh, this kind of look back at Buddy's insane January uh, from uh, Beyond the Arc. So, as of right now, Buddy Heald is shooting 56% from three. He has attempted 82 triples, making 46. This is uh, the three-pointers made... At 46 is eight off of the benchmark that you know everyone or the uh, the unattainable goal that you know that is Steph Curry. Uh, Steph is shooting almost 46% from three. Um, uh, you know a little higher volume, about 30 more three pointers attempted. Um, so yeah, the next Steph Curry um, maybe maybe we were on to something. Yeah, Vivek was right, possibly. Yeah. Well, that's the only time we'll ever hear that. That and by trying to expand to India. Great idea. Yeah, NBA 3.0. Love it. Um, another, you know, let's say solid game statistically from Marvin Bagley. Had 14 points. Had uh, a couple rebounds, a couple steals, a block. Shot 5 for 9. But as we alluded to before, he was kind of uh, taken to school by Blake when Blake was not in foul trouble, when Blake had all the, he could pull out all the bags of tricks, wasn't worried about any sort of foul trouble, Bagley kind of didn't have an answer. The one thing I liked about Marvin's performance is he really didn't back down at any point in the game. And once uh, the game kind of came down to the wire, he he did, you know, do do a, a decent 
job defensively on um, Blake, who was, as Grant Napier alluded to, arguing every call, which I have no problem with. I don't understand why people get pissed at that. I mean, you're out there, you, you know, you think things are going your way. You're going to argue every call. I mean, that's not really... It's the Sean Payton method. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, and kind of just to wrap things up with this game, uh, looking at their team, Luke Kennard of the same draft as De'Aaron Fox also went pretty high. Uh, played pretty well. The only other player not named Blake Griffin, not formally dating Kendall Jenner, to uh, be in double figures. Uh, you know, he's he's an interesting player. Luke Kennard never dated Kendall Jenner? Never did. Damn. Just, okay. just uh, Blake and Rip. also Ben Simmons. Damn. But uh, he he's a really weird player, really lanky, shoots the ball pretty well. Um, also the owner of the greatest reaction gif to anything that also features Jerry West. Mm. Uh, if you go back to last year's draft lottery, he was the representative for the Pistons when they lost their first round draft pick to the Clippers. Oh, yeah. And it's just him kind of like, I have no clue what's going on. The this is fine, dog. With the fire, yeah. it's just him as a human. So uh, it's a, it's a great little time. Search it up if you have the time. So now um, Bogdan, of course, has a game winner. Mm-hmm. Buddy now is a game winner. Wonderful. I think De'Aaron has the original game winner. I was going to say from Miami last. I was year. going to say I as clutch as De'Aaron Fox was in the. Fourth quarter last year. This the is rookie a, a question to you: Who would you rather have take the last shot, Buddy or Bogey? I think, I mean, just on numbers, Buddy, just because mm-hmm. he's a better at volume three point shooter. Okay, That's, but my heart says Bogdan. Of course, I mean, there's no wrong answer with those two. So it, it's the, the the analytical mind has to go with Buddy Heald, though. Yeah. So the as we wrap this game up, let's just say. Maybe this week, D. Fox can hit a game winner. I hope he does. Maybe J-Jax. That'll be the day. And now on to next week. We have four games all on the road across the East Coast and L.A. Uh, featuring some of the kind of surging teams and one of the most one of the teams that's regressing the most mm-hmm. from their hot start. Uh, to start us off, we let's go look at the Brooklyn Nets, owned by J-Z. Yeah, so the Nets, um, doing a lot better than I think, you know, most people expected. They're not, they weren't a terrible team coming in, but to be over 500. Especially missing your boy, Karis LeVert. I think, yeah, to be over 500 right now, I think that's a huge feel-good story for gentrified Brooklyn. Yeah, seriously. It's it's been a feel-good story for all the people that moved in last year. So, uh, the real fans living in Brooklyn. So, obviously, in this one, it's uh, the uh, cell phone-wielding D'Angelo Russell Mm -hmm. um, up against the Stellar Kings backcourt. Uh, D'Angelo Russell is averaging 19 points a game. So, yeah, if we can hold him to, you know, that or or less, that'd be, you know, huge for for the boys. I'm going to say, yeah, I'm going to say this is a a W. I, I wouldn't look past this Brooklyn team too much, but... I don't think they're doing yeah. anything to really disrupt uh, the the offensive juggernaut that is the scores. Yeah, and I think uh, on another note, I think it's the first night of a back-to-back. 
And Good call. the second night is against probably the third or fourth best team in the league, the Toronto Raptors. The first round exit, Toronto Raptors. You know, LeBron's gone, so maybe, hopefully. Second round exit. Yeah, there you go. Uh, so, I think we should really throw everything that we've got at Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. Don't hold back. And then let everyone rest the next night against Toronto so we can go beat Memphis in Memphis. Yeah, so um, that um, kind of encapsulates the whole week in one good little take. Yeah, and then L.A. There you go. We did it. Now, we'll, we'll go to Toronto here in a minute. But Brooklyn is a really interesting team. D'Angelo Russell has been having a resurgent season. The rest of that Nets lineup made up of guys like Spencer Dinwiddie, Jarrett Allen, two pretty good players, and then a bunch of castaways like Allen Crabb and guys who, who took on really – good for the player contracts, but awful for the team. Uh, kind of let Brooklyn allocate assets and become the team that they've started to become here. Uh, promising for their future. Promising for Jay-Z's investment to make a very rich man even richer. Uh, so that's America for you. So uh, let's continue. Yeah. He's not a businessman. He's a business man. So, so uh, two, Tuesday's game. Yeah, this is the second out of the back-to-back. One more thing, actually... About the other game, this is on uh, the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Day. This is a well. Hopefully, the same day you're listening to the podcast. Yeah, this is a, this is a twelve thirty start time Pacific, three thirty local time. So don't miss this one because um, if you're like some people I know that missed the four o'clock start in Detroit, they missed the motor or the Motor City Miracle. Yeah, Motown Miracle. Mm-hmm. Um. More money, more problems, miracle. Yep. Um, anyway. Don't, don't miss this game. Don't miss it's the It's at 1230. It'll be, it'll be must-watch TV. If you're around a TV and you care about the Kings. Just like every day. If you care about your life. Yeah. <laughs> so, on to Tuesday. Like I said, second night of the back-to-back. Up here in Vancouver. A big deal. Even though nobody has ties to the Raptors, they all still love them. It's really weird. Uh, it's also annoying. Yeah, they're not good. Sorry, Raptors fans. They're not winning anything anytime soon. Anyway, Toronto having a great season. Uh, a team that often has a really deep bench, and that comes back to haunt them in playoffs, but that does them really well in the regular season. Uh, lets them Helps them get to, to some big leads and some big victories pretty consistently. Uh, yeah, so really, I think the guy to, to highlight here is, I think, third-year player, maybe fourth-year player, Pascal Siakam. Mm-hmm. Um, last week had a game-winning dunk, or layup, yeah. against the Suns. Uh, really, really pretty solid guy all around. Definitely not a franchise guy, but a really good third piece behind a guy like Kawhi and Lowry or even Danny Green. For those of you keeping score at home, uh, Pascal Siakam, third-year player. So I nailed it. Mm. Uh, but anyway, Toronto should be an interesting one. Uh, hope they bring back that air mascot, everybody's favorite. <laughs> and uh, yeah, let's uh, let's move on to Memphis for the 17th time this season. Yeah, it really seems like it. Tickets for this game are $4. So. Yeah, so if you live anywhere near the south, go. <laughs> Just drive and make, it, make, make yourself go. Yeah. You won't forget seeing scores in person. Uh, Memphis, as we said, uh, they have 
Jaron Jackson Jr., pretty solid. Gets into a lot of foul trouble. On the older end of the spectrum, they have Mark Gasol. Might be traded in the next couple weeks. Just met with their ownership. And in the middle, they have Mike Conley, who is often injured. That's all you need to know for Memphis. That's the Grizzlies. So uh, let's get to another team we've seen at least once this year, maybe twice. Uh, a, couple the Los- a couple losses. Yeah. The Los Angeles Clippers, the little brother. Uh, another interesting one, you know, Toby and Bobby. <laughs> uh, and Doc. That's uh, that's the team. Yeah. Oh, what is that? Like the seven, three of the seven dwarfs? <laughs> Basically. If you could, if anyone can ever call Boban a dwarf. Yeah, that's true. Maybe a dwarf star. He's that <laughs> big. Yeah, so like we said before, the uh, Clippers, super hot start. Kind of, you know, a little bit of a regression. They have lost uh, six of the last ten. And slipped all the way to eighth place in the league. Yeah. Didn't, um, or in the conference. Conference, sorry. D- did, did get a, a solid win over the Spurs. On uh, you know the NBA on uh, the, the Sunday marquee game, a game yeah. that the Kings, in a bizarre twist of fate, would need uh, the Clippers to lose, and then sixteen other things happen just for us to get into back eighth. into eighth place. It, it you know who knows? It doesn't matter because once we're you know in, in, in eighth, eighth place in, in April, it, that's all that really matters. Um, yeah, so the Clippers should be a good one. Have seen them before. Kind of know what they're going to throw at you. Uh, You want to do everybody's favorite segment? Okay, sounds good. Let's do it. Everybody's favorite segment. What city, what song? Where we name a city and we also name a song. First up this week, we have Brooklyn. And for Brooklyn, I chose a Jay-Z classic, It's a Hard Knock Life. Mm. Featuring Little Orphan Annie. Ben, what do you got for us? Um, yeah, I picked Biggie, uh, Juicy, because uh, this song goes out, out to uh, all the sports media outlets who thought we'd never amount to nothing. Yeah. So, that was Fair a pretty game. good one. Fair game. All right, for Toronto, we pulled the people. We didn't pull the people. I just actually looked this up. Uh, my song is Waving Flag by Kanan. Classic. Yeah, if, uh, if you, reel, you reel 2K heads... It was on 2K9, their 10th anniversary, with Kobe on the cover. This was also the uh, this was a, the co-featured song of the 2010 uh, FIFA World Cup in South Africa. Let's be real. Everybody knows the real one. Yeah, it was Shakira. Yeah. Those hips don't lie. And this time for Africa. Um, yeah, so I picked... Um, I picked... Promiscuous, Nelly Furtado and Timbaland, because the song's great. Definitely. Uh, Nelly yeah. Furtado is actually from uh, Victoria, BC, but moved to Toronto to start the you know the old career. This you know obviously this one's got the huge Steve Nash shout out in the song. Um, so yeah, that's uh, that's my pick for Toronto. Uh, horrible music. <laughs> Really, actually, like, low-key overrated. If it weren't for that 66666, yeah. it would actually not exist in the, in the minds of the people. So, on to where we at? Memphis? Um, Memphis. Yeah, for the 6,000th time. I'm picking yeah. Monster by Skillet, because the song's tight. Yeah, it's a, it's a pretty good one. Yeah. Uh, 
Anything else you want to say about Monster? Like, uh, Monstars? Yeah, well, that's not what I was thinking at all, but yeah. that's completely fine. Um, I'm, I'm really just hoping that, um, I think, you know, Baker Mayfield wakes up, he's feeling dangerous. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping uh, Buddy wakes up, he's feeling like a monster. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, for mine, I think I'd be remiss if I didn't mention Isaac Hayes, of an all time legend, yeah, all time best chef, and uh, his classic, the theme song from Shaft. You know, classic. great film, Shaft. Watch your mouth. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's it. Let's uh, let's move on to L.A. This is a this is a lot better music city. I'm we're uh, we're putting together a little playlist for the Super Bowl, which features. Uh, Songs from L.A., songs from New England, songs from Atlanta, which is obviously is going to host the event. And um, go no, ahead. no songs from Maroon Five because yeah. they're, they'll be there. So basically, yeah, we were we were kind of looking into this. There's there's too much to pick from, so I just went with uh, Enter Sandman by Metallica because uh, being the Kings in the fourth highest scoring team in the fourth quarter. Um, this is the song we play at. Well, I almost said Arco. At Golden oh, One Center uh, before the fourth quarter. This is also the great Brock Lesnar's UFC walkout song mm-hmm. and a song I um, love to sing in the shower. So that's yeah. why I picked it. Does that. a lot of that. Uh, if you do want to hear this playlist, I will include the link in the description of this episode. We're talking the Super Bowl yeah. playlist. You can find it also on Spotify under Nicholas Modar's. Spotify account. Shout out to Nick Modar. Uh, I don't pay for Spotify, and he does, so that's fun. So uh, yeah, if you if you're looking for it, that is where it will be. Uh, for my song, I went with Maroon Five mm. halftime show, and I went with an an all time classic, Moves Like Jagger, Ooh. because everyone on the Kings seems to have some sort of signature move that works real well, just like Mick Jagger. That's it for this week. Uh, Until next week when we have a whole new set of cities and a whole new set of songs for you. Up first is a uh, little bit of team news for you. Nothing too insane besides the uh, Iman Shumpert album drop. Um, Find it on whatever, you know, streaming platform. People still use Napster. Find it in your cassette store nearby. Yeah. Um, Eight tracks. Find it at Dimple Records. Um, Find it at Tower Records. Rest in peace, Tower Records. Now it's a dimple, so it's, that's true. It's like basically the same. Okay, so basically, what uh, for team news? We're just gonna you know look at stats because that's fun. We got six players currently averaging double figures. The top of the list at twenty, nearly twenty-one. We'll round it up. Um, is Buddy Love uh, spreading the love here in Sacktown? And to round out the double-figure scoring mark is uh, Nemanja Bjelica at. Just about 10 a game. So, our little thought experiment was, what would we need, uh, the first two people below that benchmark, what would they need to average the rest of the season um, to hit that double-figure scoring mark? Currently, Shumpert will put it at 9 points a game, and Justin Jackson a little over 7. So, for Iman Shumpert, he would need to average, let's just call it 12. need to average 12 points the rest of the season, to hit that magical number of 10, Justin Jackson, a little bit more difficult, would have to average about 14 points a game the rest of the season to hit that magic number of 10. Um, if you're looking for you know the hottest take of all time, 
I think Justin Jackson can do it. I think he, I don't think he will, but I think he can. So maybe it's not the hottest of texts. You know, I, I, we, we figured out these numbers through an insane algorithm that I developed. And, uh, it's like an enigma machine over here. Yeah, it was, it was real crazy. But anyway, I think Justin Jackson and Shump both have opportunities to, to break that 10-point threshold. The thing is, I think if they do it, we're going to see drop-offs in guys like Nemanja, who's really dropped off already. Really? Um, who's just a shade over 10 points per game. Um, as well as some of the other guys who might lose minutes in, in those cases. Mm-hmm. And these two players battle each other for minutes consistently. So, I don't think it's very likely both of them make it over. Oh, I don't think both will. Or even one at all. I think Shumpert will. So, we'll, we'll see. We'll see how the season plays out. Uh, if Shumpert keeps taking bad shots like he did all day at Charlotte, mm-hmm. he won't make it over. Hot take. In our last bit of team news, there's a story at, from Sam Amick of The Athletic uh, about Vladi asserting his dominance over the minority owners. Is that a hate crime? About trying to run the team in what direction it goes, uh, specifically with basketball operations, which he should. Uh, As one does. Exactly. Thanks, John Mulaney, making his guest appearance. Uh so, it was very interesting. It was later confirmed by uh, Jason Anderson of some newspaper called The Sack B. So, hopefully this will keep uh, the ownership on the business side and keep the team builders on the team side. And hopefully uh, this is the last we hear about any front office chaos for this season. But more likely than not, it won't be. So, yeah, we'll especially get back to you on that. Especially if things don't go well towards the trade deadline. For uh, team news, that's been about it. Uh, if there's any more updates on the zoo at Arco Arena, we will uh, let you know. Yeah, so the first little uh, bit we would like to talk about is, is Damian Lillard uh, garnering enough attention? Should he be in the MVP race? I am going to say no, but the stats sort of say otherwise. Yeah, so I think, I mean, take it away. I think there's an argument for him to be made, uh, just to be even in conversations, probably not any higher than maybe fourth behind guys like Giannis and, and, uh, James Harden and maybe even Steph could be arguably thrown in there. And we'll see when, when LeBron returns, if the Lakers go nuts, then you got to throw him in there. Yeah. Playoff P. Yeah. I mean, career year, but even, even with that, with LeBron's injury, with, Playoff P's inconsistency. There's a there's a case to be made for Dame Dollar at number four, and you know the stats show it. If he w- was able to play a hundred percent of their minutes and the the trends carry out, they would have the highest offensive rating in the league by almost a full three points over the Warriors. And if he were to not play at all, they'd be tied for the ninth worst offense in the league with the Detroit Pistons, and that's a huge swing. It's it's almost like 20, 15 points, mm-hmm. 15 points per 100 possessions. Uh, that's the way that this is calculated. It's your average point Just score trust us. over 100 possessions. It's a very weird stat. Anyway, uh, I think that in itself is a case to be made, but the eye test doesn't really follow through necessarily. Yeah, I don't think at all. So this is a, an interesting little bit of things that we forgot to talk about with the Trailblazers game earlier this week. So we added it into league news. All right, but next, in real league news. Yeah, in real league news. Um, the uh, draft companion of De'Aaron Fox, the you know lesser of the two, 
uh, Lonzo Air Ball has, uh, you know, tweaked the ankle and uh, tweaked the ankle enough to be out four to six weeks. That is uh, coming on the tail end of the LeBron quote-unquote groin injury. Which is kind of perfect so LeBron can be point guard back when he returns. Which is kind of, you know, what he's always wanted. That's what he does best. So, uh, yeah, maybe it'll work out for Luke. Couple, couple. Let's hope not. Couple injuries, uh, you know, around around the league to to uh, follow up on uh, as well with um, Clint Capella, the thumb slash hand mm-hmm. broken. Yeah, he's out six to eight, I yep. believe, yeah. which would put him at perfectly returning for that last playoff push when we play the Houston Rockets at the yeah. end of the season. So uh, that'll be fun. Yeah, that's no. Yeah, it doesn't really bode. No. And uh, the last piece of team news. League the third, news. Sorry, league, league news. news. The third round of MVP, or not MVP, all-star game voting is in. And Luka is only about, what, 400,000 votes behind LeBron. Yeah. So get out there and vote for Luka as your West captain. Because I think it would be hilarious if a rookie was the captain of an all-star team. Uh, that's it for this week's league news. Up next... Everybody's favorite newer segment, King Spiracy Corner. Your host this week, Big Baller. This week's uh, King Spiracy centers, uh, you know, it's a le- it's a league one again. This is actually um, focusing on King James. And while this man always seems to be in the spotlight for something. It seems a, a few weeks back he was, you know, in the spotlight for the wrong reasons, for really the first time in his whole career. So basically, he posted a a uh, racially insensitive comment in an Instagram video about the members of the Jewish faith. Um, as a member of the Jewish faith, sort of, didn't really have too much of a problem with it. There's a whole debate about, you know, whether song lyrics are really offensive or, who, you know, if you're repeating it, whoever, blah, blah, blah. This is my... Uh, Kingspiracy, though. King James isn't actually injured. He's just trying to lay low while uh, everyone kind of forgets about that whole racially quote-unquote insensitive comment. And he's going to come back better than ever and... Also go to Miami for those roids. And that too. And he's going to break my heart. So uh, that's it for this week's Kingspiracy Corner. Check back next time for another Kingspiracy. Well, we'll pro- and next time we'll try to focus on something with the Kings. Yeah, it, it, may- you know, it, maybe it's something tough. more interesting. It's tough when we're winning. It's hard to come up with good conspiracies. Yeah, I mean, like we could always talk about the refs, but I'm tired of getting fined. So you know. Yeah, and if if anybody watched today's or yesterday's uh, championship weekend games in the NFL, there was more than enough to talk about with those refs. Yeah, and another big point coming up is the NBA officials are going to be live tweeting um, some sort of responses on Twitter to the calls, like I said, in live uh, time. Starting tonight with the Warriors-Lakers game. Yeah, that's going to be, you know, pretty crazy. So I think this is going to be in uh, select games, so... You can watch their Twitter. They'll tell you. If you want to tweet at them for every Kings game, by all means, do it. You get Bl- in their ear. Bl- blow it up. Get further than in their ear than but Dave But I gets. think my, <laughs> but my goal is if the Kings ever get in one of these select games, I'm trying to get. I'm going to re-download Twitter because I'm you know 
I'm off the Twitterverse as of uh, right now. But the plan is to re-download Twitter and get blocked by halftime. By uh, the NBA official ref, yada, yada, yada. So, uh, Ben has high aspirations in life. So, to wrap this, uh, you know, little show up, we're, we're, thinking, we're thinking big here. We're thinking big picture. So, we currently have 11 more games until the All-Star break, which is always, you know, doesn't exactly coincide with the trade deadline, but it's very, very close. So, we're just going to use that as the uh, threshold for this hot-ish take. 11 more games. Currently, we are 24-22. and 22. Mm-hmm. How many games, what do you think our record will be? How many games of those, first off, how many games of those 11 do you think we're going to win? Yep. And Can you do math to tell you how many games, how many wins we have at the All-Star? Well, that I was going to say, like, which games are you predicting we lose? But Oh, that too. But well, ma- math is fun. Math is important. Brush up on those math skills. Uh... I'm going to say that we win seven. And I think yeah, I'm we're pretty similar. Yeah, I would say if I'm really being, really feeling frisky, I'd say eight. Yeah, there's one game that I'm teetering on the edge of saying we could win, which is Houston at home. I think that we could pull off. Um, I say that we lose to Denver in Denver. I think we also lose to Philadelphia at home. Always just been a tough team for us. And I think we lose to Toronto. And then Houston. So uh, those are the four four losses, but I I do think we could turn one of those Philly Houston games in Golden One, um, Groundhog Day against Philadelphia. Never been a good thing for anyone from Philadelphia. <laughs> Pretty sure that's where the movie takes place. Groundhog Day. Well, yeah, it's Punxsutawney, but yeah, it's close enough. Close enough. It's the same thing. Um, yeah, cities are the same even when they're different. So, yeah, quick maths means we'd be... this. I actually had to use a calculator for this. <laughs> Just to confirm, you know... It's math. like when you're on a math test and you do 2 plus 2. <laughs> Gotta type it in real fast. Yeah, I don't know. If, uh, if Bogdan told me that it was 5, I might believe him. Basically, the 7 win mark by uh, the All-Star break would put us at 31 and 26. That is correct. Which would be the highest mark, uh, highest record over 500 we would have this season. Because mm-hmm. so far this season, the best record we've uh, we've had uh, four separate times, I believe, could actually be five. We've been three games over 500 mm-hmm. um, at the moment of this recording, and by the time it comes out, uh, the game will not have happened. So we we would be two games over 500, yeah. um, looking to push it to three. Um, Go ahead. Just to just to close things up, if you have made it this far, we really appreciate you listening. We'd love uh, if you shared us in any way, shape, and form to any other Kings fans in your life. Yeah, this is a this is now a Ponzi scheme. So refer yeah. all your friends, or else you get booted. Yeah, if you're not bringing in others, uh, we can't pay you. And constructive criticism is great too. Um, you know, help us help you. Yeah, the email line is always open. Kings in the North Pod at gmail.com and let us know what you want. Give us that rating and review, and we'll see you next week. That's it for this week. Until next time. Thanks for listening, and go Kings.